BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter. And you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. You know when you order a new video game or a golf club or a blender and then it arrives at your door, you get a little thrill. Imagine how much more thrilling it is when you order a new car. With Nissan at Home, you can shop for the perfect ride and order it without ever having to go anywhere. Sure beats a golf club or a blender. Buy a new car entirely online with Nissan at Home. Deliver direct from dealer to driveway. Thrill starts here. Services may vary at participating dealers subject to applicable law. See dealer for details. It's the Bachelor Lifestyle. Hello and welcome. We're back. You're listening to the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the we're getting into the home stretch of Katie Thurston's season of the Bachelorette. We had a big St. Valentine's Day massacre this week. I'm interested to hear what everyone thought about what happened. Especially my good friend, co-host of the show, Jason Stewart. Jason, what's up? Hello, everybody. Would you would you have... would you think about what went down, buddy? Well, bottom line is that there are seven left, which means we are three away from Hontas. Um, I have a theory now that kind of came out of this episode, and I think it'll piss everybody off. It should at least. Um. Because, you know, thankfully for Tasha, just wanting to introduce these two, um, Blake from Tasha's season has infiltrated the group. Yes. And now looks to be the genuine leader in the clubhouse. And I don't think any of it was by coincidence. Uh, so this is this is a Dale Claire situation. Dale and Claire had clearly had a previous relationship and i'm not saying physical i'm saying dm which is the mm-hmm. new dating dming is the new dating right that's the new yeah. i'm talking to somebody i'm interested in somebody we're dming so dale and claire had that going on but they couldn't keep it under wraps for a whole season which i would say is to claire's 
that says something about Claire's character that she just couldn't pretend for an entire season, the bachelorette that Dale wasn't the one she wanted to be with, even though pretty much every season, you know, they have the guy picked out in the first couple weeks, right? Or the girl. Mm -hmm. So this season, similarly, there was a DM situation with Katie and Blake prior to the season. Obviously he came on, looked like it could have been the stunt thing. Like the, like when the Virgin showed up on last season on Matt's season, she showed mm-hmm. up for half an, ep- an episode and a half. She bounced. It was a stunt. Now what's going on? Blake shows up. You think it's another stunt. Blake's lingering a la Nick Vile. He's, he's around. And I thought, I thought I was still thought it was a th- stunt, but I, I look at the makeouts and I see what I need to see from the makeout. It's hard to pretend to like somebody when you're kissing them. And when I see Blake and Katie make out as much as I didn't want to believe it was true, I see sparks. Yeah. And there's like, um, I look what kind of like if it should piss all the other cast members off, of course. Like the, the original 30 that signed up for this. And then the, the ones that have been dragged along through all yeah. the drama yeah. and stuff, it should piss them off. And I yeah. really hope, and they never will, they'll never put it on front street, even yeah. though the show has been known in recent years to kind of break down that, whatever the fourth wall or fifth wall, whatever, whichever one you don't break down. Um, yeah. they, I would love for one of the cast members to be like, this was all bullshit. We, we yeah. all went through the motions yeah. for a couple of weeks. And this was all until planned. The, until the producers decided we're going to bring on the guy that she actually wants under the guise that it's Tasha's buddy. And then we were all like sent through the ringer. Um, and because that's how I feel as a viewer now. I feel like those first few weeks and like every, everything else is just kind of like, Oh, this was all going to end this way. And, and we all fell for it. Um, so, you know, she brings Blake on, she gives him the one-on-one date. They're, they're very familiar with each other, yeah. obviously much more familiar than they, they, um, had pretended to be. And then, then this episode, he does a couple other things that just show that, that these two, it looks like I would be shocked if he's not chosen at the end. Um, he's definitely anyways. he. It definitely comes down to the final two, and much like, and this is why this is so problematic for this show. This stunt. Remember when Nick Vile showed up on Caitlin Bristow's season? And look, no judgment. Anybody should look how they want to look. I'm having a hard time with Caitlin Bristow's face on this show. There's a lot going on. That upper lip. There's something happening there. There's the brows, the eyes. It's, it looks like a whole different person. It's confusing. That's all. There's I'm, a, I'm happy that she of, looks how she wants to look, though. It's the kind of um, it's the kind of distracting. It is um, surgical procedure yes. that you that you're that you're almost like used to seeing, especially in Los Angeles, in women much older than Caitlyn. Like she has that 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 look about her. She just seems to be too young to have that kind of a distracting surgical yes. procedure. Yes. You know, I agree. Remember when Nick Vile showed up, he showed up in the middle of the season. She fucked him that night. No judgment. My guy, Bob Guinea had sex with six or so contestants. 
But my point is Nick Vile got to the end. He didn't win. But you know that guy, Sean, that did win, always had that shit in the back of his head. And you know that when the, when their relationship didn't work out after the show, you know there was a lot of this. Do you, you still follow Nick Vile on Instagram? <laughs> Do I see? Because right. like, I see right here. You like it's, this you like this picture of him in a leather jacket, like <laughs> making some stupid look at the camera with this dumbass face. What why are you liking these pictures? Trust me, that happened. And if this Blake guy doesn't win, I'm telling you right now, he is poison to who to the relationship of whoever does win. It's just starting off from a toxic place. That's all there is to it. And I mean I, I had to do a little bit of digging on Caitlin's um, relationship past because I I forget about these people the second their, Same. the show is over. Same. But they show but they show up on I, Paradise and I'm like, who is this person? I mean, there's yeah. she gave a rose to somebody tonight and she said his name and I'm like, there's a that name on this. I don't want to give it away. And then uh, and then they showed it and I was like, oh right, that guy, that guy's called that. Yeah. So and just googling because uh, Caitlin came on and did like a double date. Yes. Um, that they incorrectly kept saying it was a one-on-one. It wasn't a one-on-one. No. It was a double date. It was a three-on-one. Yes. <laughs> pretty much nothing like a one-on-one. Yes. But, um, it, and she was with a guy named Jason, who I do remember was a cast member on one of the bachelorettes, a nice, nice enough guy from the East coast. But I'm like, that guy didn't win. And then I had to remind myself as I Googled, she was with that, Sean. um, Sean guy. Yep. And Sean was like, he was kind of a man's man. Like he wasn't one of these yeah. recent cast members. He was, like he had some pride. Yep. And I, I remember saying at the time, and I think we, we, we probably say this after every uh, season is I, I don't know how these people withstand. I don't know how these relationships withstand the pressure of the watchback. And Sean, especially after he watched that season back, if he did, I mean, any man with pride would be like, I can't have a relationship with this woman. After what just transpired on the on this uh, show that went out to the world, yes, and like and so, I mean, that, I think they lasted longer than than you would think they did. And then she started dating this Jason just because people within the Bachelor world always intermingle, and of course they now do. she's dating a cast member, and they're they're happy. But um, you're right. I just, I think that um, when when the producers do this shit and they throw the, this these things into the mix, like. They kind of poison, poison. any any other uh, relationship, and then I don't know. Anyways, yeah, so, um, I agree. It it, kind of, it comes down to this: um, Katie and Tasha and Caitlin are sitting there at the beginning of the show, and Katie uh, has to make us look like fools or seem like fools, and say and thank Tasha for bringing Blake on, for introducing Blake to her. Thank you very much. And then um, and then they start talking about. Uh, a weird subplot to this episode and that's jerking off and Caitlin and Tasha and Katie are having this awkward conversation about uh, masturbation and how the yeah. guys oh are, my God. The, the guys admit to Katie what? that, that they have, they do, they do it and how often they do it. Yeah. And Tasha, Tasha to her credit, Wait, is, is that my okay? Um, is that your Android? Is that your Android yeah. interrupting my talk show? Yeah, yeah. Tasha, who who has won the Bachelorette, um, 
she kind of showed her colors here. She, um, like Katie was was telling them details about what they have told her about their masturbatorial Insane. habits. Insane. And and, and and Tasha's like, wait a minute, they tell you that? Yes. And then she says something like, I've, Jesus' ears can't hear all of this. Yeah, yeah. She's very cryptic. She's like, I've heard things. It, this is clearly a producer's idea. Nobody is getting their two minutes at the cocktail party. And sitting down with Katie and being like, oh, you look so good tonight. I, I got to be honest. I jerked it three times yesterday thinking about you. You were in that tight dress yesterday and I, I just couldn't help. I had to get out. I had to get out some uh, baby oil and just when the other guys weren't looking, I went in the bathroom and when my roommate was when my roommate was doing uh, overhead press outside, I went in the bathroom. I just stroked my dick. I couldn't I just couldn't hold it. I had to I had to do it like she doesn't know, and these guys don't know each other well enough to be like, hey, like, guys don't, guys don't talk. I mean, guys talk about masturbation, but they're not, like, specifically saying, hey, I jerked it yesterday or whatever. Like, this, never, is, an ins- never. this is an insane premise that, that sh- on its face should be laughed out of the room. But because morons are in charge of this show and morons, namely me, are watching it. We just go along with it. We go along with these ridiculous premises like this is real life and in no way is it whatsoever. And so um, the producers, Katie, Caitlin, whoever came up with this idea was like, hey, let's do this challenge uh, to see who can hold out the longest. And then Caitlin comes up with this, uh, you know, who who's the master of their domain, you know, and. And every single guy that's watching, I know that there's, you know, 98% housewives are watching it. And then there's me and then you half watch it, but like no male watching this episode saw this quote unquote challenge and thought to themselves, oh man, that's going to be a real tough challenge for these guys. They're really going to have to, uh, really going to be, you know, pushed to the limit to, to not jerk off because unbelievable. Just just a little secret here. Yeah. There's absolutely no way to enforce this challenge. Right. Everything is on the honor system. Yes. And if you're talking about honor system and jerking off, nobody is sharing that. No. To your point, no. three minutes ago, nobody shares it anyways. Right. It's it's right. a total non a secret. Non entity, this challenge. But they they bring it up just to be cute and to be like, hey, we'll just see which guy can hold out the longest and, it's and everyone's so dumb. thinking like how and and why is this going to happen? It's so, just because they just just because they want to be a little ribald. They want to be like they want to exist in the world of social media, of TikTok, of Instagram. They want they want to have it both ways, where they're the proper place where people go to find love, but they also want to be like, no, we we're sex positive and we like to talk dirty too. And it's just, you can't be both places. You gotta, you gotta lean into one or the other. Right. And so, um, Caitlin goes to the room of guys on a couch and they start talking about this challenge. And all the guys are kind of looking at each other and laughing and they, they start doing their little uh, innuendo like, man, this is going to be really hard. And then they giggle and then, you know, we'll see what's to come. And then they giggle and it's just so fucking stupid. It really is. Like there were a couple of times in this episode, like 
I admittedly like this show. Like I, yeah. I think I think you have much more disdain for for the, you. You hate watch this show much more than I do. Yes. Um, a guy like Petros Papadegas like hate watches it. Yep. So that he could do a little segment on his radio show. Great. Segment. I hear the, you hear the term guilty pleasure a lot when you when you when when people. I, I don't use that term. I actually like watching the show. It's entertaining. It's a good formula. It's a great look see into into the human. Um, you know what 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 we do and how we react to things. Now, I was embarrassed at least twice in this episode. I one of those things where I wasn't enjoying watching the show. Yes. This masturbation thing is one of them. So dumb. I. I don't know who they think they're fooling with this one. No one. Um, so the guys sign up for this quote unquote challenge. Also, Katie, uh, Katie says, Katie says at one point, I think they, they could make it at least 24 hours. What kind of depraved maniacs are they hiring for this show that they, <laughs> that these guys can't make it a full day without cranking it? Like guys also you have a roommate. Like, are you, are you 13? Like this is, this, it's an insane idea that there's just, not only does she know that they're doing it constantly and they can't stop we're supposed to believe that they can't make it a day with, where would they even find a moment? They're, they're having to act on this stupid show all day. They got a roommate that they go home with at night. Like what, how these guys, there's, they don't have time to do that. It's insane. And another thing that really kind of shows how naive she is, and I know sex positive and all that stuff, but like naive is that she she insinuates a couple times. I think she outwardly says it to the Tasha and Caitlin that she is uh, flattered that they can't contain themselves. In other words, these dudes are constantly jerking off about me. She yes. thinks that, oh, yeah. that it's flattering to her <laughs> that yeah. dudes are doing it once or twice a day. When, when, when again, every guy watching in the audience is like, "Okay, I, I'm guessing they've thought about you one out of ten times uh, since they've been there." Um, so, anyways, um, they agree to the challenge, and then um, and then Caitlin drops in the one-on-one date, and they give it to Justin, the artist. Justin is just like one of these dudes that he doesn't he, – he, there's nothing remarkable about him. He's an artist. He says that, he says what you're supposed to say. I yeah. don't think he's, he's, he's that genuine. But they did that really awkward date where oh they go God. and they take pictures yes. like they're being – Like they're, they're married. Yeah, wedding pictures. Oh, my God. And, and this one they take it to another level. It's so uncomfortable. Uh, First of all, our dude, uh, Franco, uh, is featured again. Why is that guy there? He's there every season now. He's the show photographer. And also, why was he wearing shorts? He checks off a box. He checks off a box, and um, he they want to utilize him as much as possible. And he's very flamboyant, very colorful. Zero charisma, dude. Like... Let's get some energy going, buddy. (laughs) So he says, all right, we're going to take some wedding pictures. But first, um, you guys are going to write vows to each other. Insane. So it's this weird thing where you have two people who have spent probably a a grand total of 12 minutes together. Um, They're now going to write vows about how much they mean to each other and they're going to spend the rest of their lives together. And this is another part of the episode that just made me cringe. Like 
uh, how he she walks up on him like he's waiting for her at, on wedding day, and then he just starts basically giving her cliches that that you hear in any vows about protecting her and giving her her his heart and it's just not that's just not an easy thing to watch then they they take pictures afterwards um again we're 15 minutes in and i'm really cringing at the content in this episode i'm not comfortable with it yeah basically um justin says at the cocktail that he's never been real close to engagement but then he says all the right things. He's like, but I've never really met a woman who has checked off all the things on my list. Right. And I've thought about, you know, maybe letting a couple of those things go. But you've taught me that uh, that you you show me that you have all my qualities and then a couple more. I felt uh, I felt very like Justin, <laughs> I feel like is a nice guy. Yes, he's inventing qualities for Katie to check off, but also like. Not so much that he's insincere. He is insincere, but he's insincere in that he's just not he's not capable of having this deep of a uh, emotional connection to himself and what he wants from a woman. He's just I don't know how old he is, but he he just felt way too young. And as this date progressed and it got more emotional this this dude was so far over his head. He he looked like an actual deer in actual headlights. Yeah, and yeah. so it isn't sincere because he doesn't know her at all. So, but he's coming with things out of his ass that she really likes. So, um, overall, like he said, all the right things at dinner and everything else, and they're good. Uh, back at the house, um, you know, everyone is plotting against Hunter. Now, the last we left uh, Hunter, he was given a rose last episode, and he acted really cocky with the rose, and he pissed a couple people off. He took some of their time at the uh, at the cocktail hour and all this stuff. So uh, Hunter is the is like public enemy number one, as was Thomas, as was Cody, as was what's his face, the uh, motivational speaker. Um, so we get to the point where they start talking about Hunter being a, the uh, bachelorette, bachelor historian, how he knows the show up and down, how he quotes people from certain seasons, how he, um, I guess he participates on blogs and message boards. Oh, um, my God. If, yes. If he, if he admitted all this stuff in the house, that's what, what, an, what a complete moron, and he deserves to he's, go home. He's an idiot. He was talking to Greg, and he's like, Greg, you might be getting another – He's you might be getting another <laughs> one-on-one. And Greg's like, I already had a one-on-one. And he's like, I don't think you get – there's such thing as two one-on-ones. And Hunter's like, oh, no, it's happened. And he's like, oh, really? Wow, that'd be – I mean, that'd be cool. I just – I'm not seeing it happen. He's like, oh, no, it's happened. Especially if the guy got the first one on one, like he has like charted it out. He's like yep. he's like um, what's that movie with Russell Crowe where he's like a he's really smart. He does math real good. P- something mind a beautiful mind. He's like a beautiful mind where he's like got the charts and he's yep. doing algorithms and he's got square roots written on a thing. Like he's got it so figured out. Which, like, even if you really – like, we do a show about The Bachelor, and they I'm surprised every season with something that n- happens normally. 
even if you know all that stuff about The Bachelor, like, you got to keep it low in front of the group. Like, there's probably guys there, not many, but there's probably a couple guys there that have some knowledge of The Bachelor. But this this guy's playing it like he's on Survivor or the challenge <laughs> where he's like, I got to align myself or else yeah. I'm not going to get the uh, the exactly. immunity rose or like he's like playing it so hard. Uh, what like he should have been gone immediately. And of course, what does the entire rest of the house do? They run to Katie with that information. Yes, as being calculating, as trying, as as trying to win a game, as opposed like, and this is why you don't admit these things. I mean, if we've learned anything, uh, our guy Thomas uh, showed us that you never admit to considering being the Bachelor when you were considering being on the show. You should never admit to it, even though most guys do. Of course, and then and then never admit to being a super fan of the show that knows all the seasons and can quote like strategic maneuvers. Bad move on Hunter's part. That just shows you how dumb he is. So um, he basically seals his fate. He starts telling guys how how into the show he is. But he also says to Greg that there that he has of the top four. He thinks he's got three of them uh, already figured out. Yeah. He's oh, like, that's yeah. That's the other thing. He's, he's, he's handicapping like, it. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm in the top four. You, Greg, are in the top four. He's like, it's you, me, Connor, and the one cat more. Man. Yeah. Catman, Connor. Yeah, uh, Catman. So, um, you know, spoiler alert, you know, he's he's one out of three um, by the end of the show. So, um, anyways, everyone runs up back to Katie eventually, uh, but not before they um, they get on this group date. An- yet another really cringeworthy group date where uh there was this this funny part everybody is named on the group date except for Catman, uh this connor dude the music man so everybody's going on this group date it's there's something on the group uh card about being a king and a queen and the queen reference are is that there are two drag queens that host the date now pretty good the dudes walk into this room. These two drag queens come out, and they have Michael in the interview. Michael A. Yeah, our our single dad, who yeah, I widower, widower single dad. But I have said from the get go is a is is pretty fem, effeminate. Like he I would agree. he I has would a agree. very soft effeminate yes. side to him. Yes, and I think he confirmed a, one of my suspicions when. As the drag queens are coming out, they have um, they have Michael off camera saying, um, "Oh, I mean, if this is a drag co- contest, I'm in." That was like a, he, th- yes. He was giddy. he wanted to dress. Oh, he wanted giddy. to dress in drag. Yes. Oh, yeah, he was giddy. I didn't catch that. And then one another guy was like, "Hey, am I supposed to be checking them out or not?" Like, <laughs> no. Hey, no judgment, but you know those are men, right? <laughs> Was it Brandon, the not so? Uh, <laughs> oh, I hope not. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. But but Michael really showed his cards, I think, in that admission. Yes, like, big time. That's what he's doing. I'm in at night in Cleveland or wherever yes. he, he. 
um, which explains a lot, to be honest. It makes perfect sense. So, um, so as you know, oh, I, oh, I forgot. We we forgot about this. This is great. Um, at the cocktail hour, or I'm sorry, the the dinner for Justin's date. Um, a lot of tears because Katie talks about her, her deceased father and stuff. They get out and they walk around the corner and very Caucasian music artist named Max is, is serenading. So them. I needed to know this, this isn't, um, Lane Murphy from earlier this season from like two episodes ago. This is a new different guy. Max, Max, just Max one name, one name only. And it's not Max the band because I looked it up. It's okay, good. We've been his, fooled. His government name is Max Schneider. He was the 2019 iHeart Music's New Pop Artist of the Year. So the guy's got a little bit of recognition. I don't know him. No. Um, but yeah, white guy um, with a white band singing yep. to uh, singing to them as they as they as they dance. Yes. Um, but anyways. So we're getting in the middle of this drag queen uh, date, and it has nothing to do nothing to do with them dressing up as men. In fact, it's just a roast. They're they're supposed to roast each other. Yeah. Um, the drag queens keep calling it a debate, but it's not a debate. It's called. It, it was supposed to just be a roast where you get up, and the premise is was pretty simple, but no one seemed to pick up on it. It was. Explain to us why you're the one and why the others are not. And then as you're explaining why the others are not, you make fun of them. It's just a a simple roast. But these idiots, either they didn't get that concept or they weren't – they're not smart enough or imaginative enough to roast anybody. Um, They just kind of went up into their corners and and wrote stupid little innocent things about why they should be the one. They didn't really take aim at anybody except for Hunter – who, um, you know, he's a short guy, so he's easy to make fun of there. He takes – he's a, a historian of the show, so they made fun of that a little bit. But no one just got up and was like a real like charismatic roaster. Like I was waiting for that one dude, and I was thinking maybe it was Aaron or somebody who would just cut everybody in the room and look really cool. Yes. Nobody did that. Uh, Greg wrote a poem that had zero roasting. Um, uh, what's his face? James, this was his idea of shit talking. Um, he's like, as far as I see it, I'm your guy. And everybody in this room is playing for second place. Nice. That, that was his big shit talk. Yes. Moment, I think. Well, it's, it's a fine line. You got to walk because you want to be an asshole, but you don't want to go too hard at the other guys. Look, this is, this is, this is important. This is anybody that's read the amazing pickup artist expose, the game by Neil Strauss will let you know you, you can't be seen to be thinking too much about other dudes. It's not hot. It doesn't make you look like the alpha in the room. It doesn't let make you look the most desirable. So maybe you, you find a way to make fun of the dudes in a way that makes it look like you barely know who they are, because that is the move. The move is not to be like, have 50 jokes on Hunter, which they all did, which is great, but you want to have like a little something, but also be like 
too big for it. Too cool for school is the way to operate if you want Katie to be in on it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the format, though, was roast, and it came nowhere close to that. Yeah. And the big controversial moment, and again, Trey, Trey is always up in other people's business. Um, he overheard an exchange where the drag queen was like talking to Hunter, and and she's like, uh, "Are you in love?" And he's like, "Haven't had haven't had enough exposure yet. I can't I can't go there yet." And then on the um, you know when they were up on the whatever the the uh, on stage days. Hunter was uh, was told Katie, I'm falling in love. So Trey kind of called him out on that on the stage. Like you weren't sure five minutes ago. Now you are. Well, no, they don't. They don't say the L word now, or at least I don't think he did. Everyone's saying I'm falling for. Right. I'm falling for. That's the new, that's the new thing they say on this show. That feels like it's been coached. It's like when. It's like when everybody in one, either the Republican or the Democratic Party, has the same talking point about an issue. That's not an accident that they're all saying that thing. It's been it's been memoed to right. all of them. Same as I'm falling for. I think I'm falling for. I've been. I'm. 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 I'm pretty sure I'm falling for. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, now it's time for Hunter to fight back because. It basically went from it was supposed to be a rose to like them just having one of their typical bitch sessions that they have on a couch. Like, Hunter, you're you have a final four in mind. You know, you're playing this game. You're and he's like, no, I don't No, Yes, you do. Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now get any breakfast sandwich for just two bucks. Available only through the app. Mobile order and pay available at participating McDonald's. McD app download and registration required. Whatever. I think James starts it. The Boston guy with who I've I've fallen in love with. He's got such a cheesy look that it's a good look that he (laughs) he does the full he does the full up. What do you call that? Turtleneck with the chain outside the turtleneck with the jacket over with the hair slicked back to the side and a Boston accent. What's not to love? (laughs) Well, um, so he. James is one of the guys that was pointing out how much Hunter is uh, strategizing this whole thing. Hunter, when given a chance to roast the other guys, he actually did say, I don't have any insults for these guys. I don't want to do that. And then he just talks about how he's following for Katie. So I guess he would try, you know, he tried to show that he's kind of above the fray and everything else. It was just kind of a cringeworthy date, to be honest. I I wasn't into it. Um, it. It didn't come off well at all. Um, they have the cocktail hour, and it's, this seems like the formula for this season. Yep. It's 
uh, we'll go to the cocktail hour of the group date, and the discussion will be: Should we tell Katie about the latest drama, about the the latest yes. guy who's not here for the right reasons? And it's Thomas all over again. James James wants to take this one. He wants to uh, take the sword, um, and he's going to go to her during the cocktail hour and tell her that look, Hunter's not here for the right reasons. Um, and so, but before that, <laughs> mm-hmm. before that, they have like, um, uh, Blake and, um, Andrew, the football player, and they're just having a great time. Blake goes and, and starts telling her how often he typically jerks off. He's like, Hey, Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing well with the challenge so far. It's been less than a day, but I'm doing, I'm doing well with it. And she's like, wow, is that, is it usually that hard? He's like, I, I typically do it at least once a day, maybe twice on the weekends, uh, maybe more on the weekend. Like he's just having an open yeah. discussion yeah. and she, she's loving it. Yeah. Like she, she's, does that whole it's getting hot in here thing? Like she likes this conversation. Yeah. She's sex positive, and, and I I think that again she was thinking he was doing it so much because of me to me. He was yeah. he was he was jerking off to me all these times. Um, so she's on camera saying, um, "Oh my God, Blake was great, and I just love Andrew and all this stuff." And I I can't imagine anything happening to ruin this date. Yeah. Uh, so of course the next person uh, that comes in is James, and he ruins the date. Uh, he tells yeah. her Hunter's the guy. Then it looks like they have Trey, and then Aaron, and the the typical. This is Hunter isn't here for the right reasons. Yep. What does she do? She goes to Hunter. This is what they're saying about Denies you. Denies it. This is like the, the yeah. The, this is the form. Hey, what if we get season. them all together in the room? Although they were all together in a room at the roast thing, the and roast. they and they all said it to his face, so it's obviously true. And and it's like this. It's he he basically says he says something that I thought was actually uh, noteworthy. He's like, look, I'm trying to be the adult here. Like I don't I don't want to be drama or bring drama to you. I'm not trying to do that. I don't know how to defend myself here because I, I'm not what they say I am. Um, so I don't know. His response wasn't awful, but I guess it wasn't enough for her. Right. Uh, because she goes back after being upset and tells the rest of the guys, "I'm not. I'm not really feeling it. I'm going to end this right now." Um, and then nobody's getting a rose. So nobody gets a rose on the group date. Everyone's kind of. Uh, peeved and emotional about yep. it, and you're thinking to yourself, "You guys chose to tell her about this, yeah. So you don't have any right to be pissed that this thing went went awry." Again, um, don't don't again. be too interested in the other dudes. Work your own thing. That's game. Game is not talking about other dudes. Game. Aaron and Trey have spent their entire uh, bachelorette season talking shit about the dude that isn't here for the right reasons. That's that's their entire thing. Neither of them, as far as we've seen, have worked on their relationship with Katie at all. And it's episode, however, five or six right now. Um, and we see what happens to those dudes in the end anyways. So, um, so Connor, the music guy, right? The cat guy, he gets the final date and he's fired up about it. There's no one-on-one like, one-on-one implies 
a a woman, a man. This was a double date with Caitlin and Jason. It was a double date the entire time. So it really wasn't a classic one-on-one where you can quote-unquote get to know each other better and advance your relationship and whatnot. It's a barbecue. They're just kind of hanging out. And they start something out of nowhere, and I have no idea where this came from. Um, Caitlin and Katie are kind of talking to the side about how great Connor is. And then, but Katie's like, yeah, there's just this one thing. I just can't quite, uh, I can't quite, um, describe it, but it's just missing. You know, when I kiss him, something's missing. I, I, I need, I, I just need to, to know, uh, see if I feel it with a kiss. And then Caitlin starts talking about, how they need to have this last kiss so that Katie knows for sure. And I'm thinking right. to myself, I told you in the very first episode yeah. and then in the second yes. episode, I don't ever want to see this guy yeah. kissing anybody again. He's a I disgusting know. kisser. Yes, it's, he is. It, it, it's distracting how bad of a kisser he is. And I'm, I'm amazed that all of this, the season for him came down to this. My first instinct to the guy was that you're not supposed to look like you're eating someone when you're kissing them. So they have this like weird buildup where Caitlin keeps saying he needs to kiss her one last time. He needs he needs to give her this this kiss. And I'm thinking they've already kissed, first of all. Right. But they the, her and Jason are watching from a distance. And then finally, after Connor and Katie exchange feelings about each other, he moves in for the kiss and he's a horrible kisser okay so well she she doesn't say that at first though at first no, she never does at first she's like yeah i feel it too i like you too i'm into you like she's she makes it seem like he's moving on in the show and also don't sleep on this all happening after she saw his skills on the volleyball court <laughs> yeah i know this is what, like that was that, not that was not a cool position to put him in where yeah. the guy clearly has a negative level of athletic ability. And then you ask him to play volleyball, a sport that a lot of people have never played in their lives. He plays volleyball like he's a math teacher who plays dual piano at night. That's how he plays. <laughs> yes, volleyball. He does. He at one point he went to spike it. And he he jumped and his jump was barely just like a couple inches. He got credit card air, as they say, barely a couple inches off the ground. And yet somehow he he launched into his spike on the downslope of the jump and spiked it under the net. Like anybody could just lean back with their with the with the butt of their hand with their palm and just pop it over the net and be like, Oh, I tried to spike it. He tried to spike it down and it went, but it landed at their feet. It didn't come even close to the bottom of the net. Yeah, that that was, that was uh, off putting to be sure. I don't expect everyone to be an athlete or whatever, but like he, he looked like a spaz who hadn't done much in, in his life athletically. Um, but you're right. That could have been a factor for sure because he was te- she was telling Katie, Caitlin, she's just he's such a great guy that but he, there's just something that it's missing here. Yeah. They kiss each other and uh, Connor's feeling really good about how the the one on one date went. 
and he's getting ready and he always has a couple buttons from the top. He oh, he's always unbuttoned a couple top from the top with his with his button down shirts. And you could tell he probably puts on a little too much cologne. He just looks like one of those guys. And he's he's almost ready. They're in the dressing room, and she comes knocking at the door, crying, in her hoodie, and mom jeans. Yes, That's yeah, not yeah, a good sign. bad That's sign. Not a good sign. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he knows right away. I think that this is it. There's no there's no dinner. There's nothing. And he's he was feeling really good about himself. This was kind of heartbreaking, just because. I think he really is a good guy. Like he's shown us this entire show. He, he has, he's got a big heart. He did make that like misstep of admitting that he's an alcoholic and never quite said that he's off the sauce. And he put a lot of it on the establishment that was feeding him free drinks. Yeah. His, uh, his, his, <laughs> of all their admissions of terrible behavior in their past, his was the, by far the most troubling. Right. And they never quite resolved that. No. Um, but other than that episode, he just seems like a nice guy. He's a math teacher. He's just pretty harmless and he sings to her and shit. She likes him as a guy. He's really friendly. All the guys in the house like him. Yes. She lets him down as best as possible. By the way, she lets him down. She has normal feelings in this. In other words, normal people in normal life and in, in dating lives have that thing where like they go out a few times and they really like the person that they're, they've been dating, but th- there's not a romantic thing going on. And she just needs to tell him that. Yes. And that's yes. all she does. There's, yes. there's really nothing. There was nothing mean spirited or shitty about any it's, of this. It's, it's actually like, kind of worse to say when, when we kiss, I just don't feel it when we kiss, like and you don't feel it at all. Just, That's what just I was say getting that. to. Yeah. That's what I was getting to, that her feelings onto themselves were normal, and that's all she had to tell him, that I like you a ton. You're a great guy. It's just not there romantically. And But she says one thing too, meant too much. She yes. says – because he says what happened that was – what went wrong. And at that point, you just do the cliched nothing went wrong. I'm just, I just have more feelings for other guys, romantic yeah. feelings. And yeah. – uh, she instead says, when we kiss, I'm just not feeling it. Or there's just something that's missing when we kiss. And I'm thinking, why would she say that? But he did end up asking the producers or the camera what I basically had said from the very first episode. He said, God, how bad of a kisser am I? <laughs> and I'm like, that's, yeah. that, that was no, he's- the very – I nailed that from the very beginning. No, he's going to be ruined for this. There's a, this, like when you're younger, there's oh, there can be just one little thing that a girl tells you when you break up. And it is like it will just weigh on you for years until you yes. mature out of it. Like n- was not fair to do to him. It's much easier to go. Look, I, there's a, other guys here that I just like better. Like you're you seem like a great guy, but you're not for me. And plus, did you see the way you played volleyball? Like when you watch the tape. <laughs> That would be easier because he's never going to play volleyball again in his life based on the, the way he played that game. Oh, my God. Yeah. So so it's amazing that my first instinct about a guy was his undoing, kissing. He was a horrible kisser, and he paid the price for it literally. Um, so he's sent home, but first he makes a pit stop back at the uh, guy's place, 
they're all sitting on the couch and he walks in and he tells them that he's leaving. And then he starts tearing up. And if there is one episode in this entire season that exemplifies the kind of men this group is, it's this this one scene and this one episode. Okay, a guy comes back and tells them that he's been let go and starts crying. Okay, I I get that. Yeah. What typically would ensue are bro hugs and man, it was great to know you. Let's keep in touch. Keep my keep my number and all this stuff. These multiple guys Insane. start to cry. Insane. They start to they start to break down Again. emotionally yes. because she has sent home a guy. Again. Yes. The the entire format of this show Again. is Yes. Everyone leaves except for one person. Act like a man. You want to look like a man. She's a woman. She, you want her to think of you as a man, not as some guy that gets teary-eyed about a guy he was on a game show with for two weeks. <laughs> like what? Like you guys can exchange numbers, follow each other on Instagram travel to each other's town and get a beer. Hopefully Connor B doesn't black out like just like calm down about how sad you are that he's leaving. Let's get this straight. If you're there to win the show at the very least, you're there to win the show. So the competitiveness in, in you, no matter how good the guy is, you're glad that it's not you and it's somebody else. And then if you are chasing the love and you want it to eventually be you and her, then you're glad she has let go of somebody who who has been a threat. It's like, but they just start bawling and hugging each other. I just couldn't, we've never seen this. Trey is the most emotional in the entire thing. I don't know what Trey's, I don't know what his motivation yeah. was for coming on the show. He seems yeah. like the guy that was there to be the police for fairness. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone needs to have the same amount of time. He with was, her. he everyone was, gets a fair shot. He was all in on Thomas. Then he was all yeah. in on Hunter, him and Aaron. Aaron is a sociopath and he, he, he was, he actually terrified me and he should have been gone right away. Trey seemed very nice, but just like you're saying, like, what is, what is your game here? Your game is to be everybody's buddy and be in charge of the house. Like you're right. trying to get a rose brother. It's like his thing was, I'm going to try to make sure that she is surrounded by everybody who's here for the right reasons and that everybody who is here for the right reasons has a great time. That's my job as Trey. It's not to fall in love or to win the show. He was devastated that some other dude was sent home. It was incredible. Greg, who cries once an episode, he was also in tears. It was just a room full of dudes crying that another guy was saying it was, yes. it was the most it was the most right. surreal thing we've seen on this show. And it, and it really to me, it was like the perfect example of the kind of cast members that we're dealing yes. with in this, this entire right. thing. And it is it is a generational thing. I feel sorry for the women of Gen Z because. There are no men left as far <laughs> as I can tell. Because I don't see anybody other than than the goon Brendan, the Canadian hockey player, who I just learned his name was Brendan at the end of this episode. Spoiler alert. But I mean, look, he's sweet, but he's a big dummy. Like he's not going to win the show. Yeah, no, yeah. he definitely yeah. and, and 
he is the second Canadian, by the way. There's two, if there's seven guys left, two two Canadians, Blake and him. But um, so uh, that was just a weird thing. But Blake does something, whether it was completely the producer's uh, idea or not. Blake does something that makes a lot of sense and good for him. Okay, as you have a bunch of fucking dudes crying with each other and hugging each other, Blake takes his uh, his little stereo system and goes John Cusack and say anything and holds the stereo above his head, the Insane. speakers above his head, Insane. and it's playing a country song. Where did they get that speaker? It was like uh, a military-grade speaker. Like what? Yeah, who the hell knows? It, it was just, a blu- obviously a Bluetooth thing yes, that, yeah, whatever, that the crew but, used. It, like they, they probably right. use it for production. Like It's like right. to monitor backstage. Like yeah. get a, it doesn't read well on TV. Get like get like a yellow, like boombox looking right. speaker that's like obvious what it is. That's large, like insane choices. So, it was actually a genius move. Whether it was completely scripted, contrived, or anything, but it was a great juxtaposition to what was happening. You go and you snag the woman. When she is vulnerable like this, you you take yes. control. Yes. You don't sit there with a bunch of dudes crying with each other. You go to the woman and you take control. And Blake yes. Be a man. did that. He he she yes. did the John Cusack thing. Yes. She's out on the balcony. He, I mean, there yes. were several he went and he went and cared for her feelings. Yes. He, he didn't make it about Connor B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He went, he went, Hey, Connor B just came back and she's like, Oh, he came back. And he's like, yeah. Anyway, he came back. All these, all these little bitches were bawling. He's like, I wanted to make sure you were okay. He said you were over here in your sweatpants and you were sad. I'm here to take care of you. Cause I'm a fucking man. Yes. So when uh, 10 other guys are, consi- are are really concerned about Connor's feelings, I'm concerned about your feelings. And when he says that I heard you were here in sweatpants, to be honest, they're mom jeans and a, a hoodie. But, but that let's not get too bogged down in the details. Um, so uh, she invites him up. They just start making out in the hallway. He says all the right things. I mean, Blake isn't the most he isn't smart and he's not very articulate looks like everything he says takes a lot of work and he's overwhelmed by it but he did say the right things he is he basically said i wanted to make sure you were okay she was completely uh taken by it and now he's the leader in the clubhouse because of it and why is he the leader in the clubhouse if he wasn't already the chosen one because he freaking took advantage of something that was like so disgusting and humiliating. And he said, okay, well, you guys are crying in here. I'm going to go do what we're supposed to do on the show and, and win the girl. And he did that. Uh, good for Blake. Didn't necessarily get a rose per se, but he basically is golden. Um, we get now we get to the, uh, to the rose ceremony. Uh, the cocktail hour before the rose ceremony. Um, Katie is so like, I don't know, emotional, overwhelmed, whatever you want to call it. She enters the cocktail party. Um, 
and by the way, there were like cat calls and guys saying, "Woo, all right, yeah, like that's what happens on this show. Um, and she walks into the room and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know, um, I have my mind made up. I pretty much know how this is all going to play out for me. Um, we're not even going to have a cocktail hour. We're just going to go right to the rose ceremony, uh, which is fine. Um, but the guys just start whining as to, as usual, uh, like little bitches about why she would do that. Yes. There, there are dudes again who Such babies. are pissed off that they're not going to have the time. Again, guys think that they're them being sent home or not comes down to the three minutes that they spend with her at the cocktail party. And she's ripped that from them. So there are people in the room right now. And now finally Dre and Aaron are starting to do some soul searching. Now, Aaron, this entire season has been about picking the guy that's not there for the right reason, getting the entire house against them. And that guy goes home. Aaron looks like the good guy for protecting her heart. Trey has been a soldier in that fight. Trey says, finally, maybe I have spent too much time talking about other guys and not enough time trying to work on my relationship with her, which is like, duh. Yes, that's exactly the problem. Yes. That's what we've been we've been saying to you for the last three weeks. Aaron says, um, I fear that I'm, I've become a part of the drama that she wants to avoid because Katie has the balls to admit to the room that she's sick of the drama and she does, she's, she doesn't want, there's no need to allow people to catch up. She knows what she wants. She can't say she's sick of the drama because she has not only asked for drama, she has rewarded dudes that bring drama to her this entire season. So it's like they, she sent mixed messages. She wanted yes, to know totally. about the guys that yes. weren't there. For yes, she wants that information. And then she blows up everybody that was involved in giving her the information. Which you and I both predicted. Yes. Like, to being that guy was going to buy don't you. Be that, that guy. Don't, you don't, you go in the friend zone right away. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, think about this, this particular episode. James was the one who said, I'm going to step on the grenade and t- tell Katie that Hunter's, Hunter's not here for the right reason. James was sent home. Aaron has been at it the entire season. He got sent home. Trey yep. has been the most a vocal guy in this entire thing yep. about people trying to be fair and everything else. He got sent home. And then when it came down to it, um, for the second time in, in two or three weeks, like, she had the she was holding the rose and the first name that she called after saying there wasn't going to be a cocktail hour and at the rose ceremony she says Hunter. So that was a little drama because yes. all the dudes were deflated like I can't believe she's going to give the rose to Hunter. But then she's like let's can I talk to you and everybody knew what was up at that point. Which is they weird. tried to drag it out. Yeah. Yeah, why not talk to him? At any point up leading up to that, but she had to do it in that weird dramatic fashion. They talk and but she walked away with a rose, so the dudes are like, Oh wait, she's she's got the rose, like he's gonna get the rose, whatever. He comes back into the room without the rose and then goes up on the platform yeah. to be one of the dudes that she chooses Just between. leave. Just leave at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um so she picks um I wrote it down here. So as we're she chooses like right off the bat um she 
she basically says to the room, guys, I know what I want. I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to pick the guys that, that I see a future with. And then the first person she says is Blake. Um, and then Andrew, yeah. the Vienna football player, is yep. next. Yep. Greg is the next guy that comes out. The virgin Mike B is another yeah. guy that gets a rose. Yep. And it comes down to the final rose. And this was kind of like – this was kind of a dark horse. She gives it to Brendan, I'm the stunning. Canadian. Stunning. Hasn't done a whole lot in this entire season. So that leaves Hunter going home. He said too much. Hunter, Aaron, James, and Trey, the drama su- supposedly is out of the house, and she's down to the final seven. My theory is that she has chosen Blake already as the guy. Um, yeah. Uh, no. It's either Blake or Greg. She likes Greg. They have they have dead dads in common. That was a that was a hardcore connection. Now he hasn't he hasn't had much time. But when they do have time, he asked her on this episode. Hey, she's like, ask me one thing. And what he should have said is, do am I going to win the show? But he goes, <laughs> he says like, how do, are, how do you feel? Like what? Yeah. And she's like, I feel I have strong feelings for you too. Like I. She made it. I mean, maybe she's playing it up for the camera. She is. She's she's into Greg and Blake, I think, exclusively. I agree. And she does. She does seem to be very worried about Greg's apprehension. Like he he doesn't look like a great poker player. Like he he wears his emotions on his sleeve. This is hard for him. He's falling for her. He doesn't like sharing her. And she thinks that that he is getting hesitant and is going to fold to the pressure now. Um, Trey in his walk off kind of interview was like, look, I regret maybe spending too much time on the drama in the house. I should have spent more time on her, but he said something like mom and dad, I'm still the person you raised. I was me this entire time. I walk away. I'm a little hurt, but I'm, I'm always going to be me. And I'm thinking to myself, I think Trey Trey kind of, you got to put him in the uh, contender for the next bachelor. I think he was a likable guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. Him or Andrew. Andrew's got the cool backstory. He's international. He does accents. <laughs> you know, That's true. I could, I could see it being either of those guys and Andrew, something that you need as a backstory for the bachelor, he's going to end up jilted on this show. Whereas Trey, he's, he's an also ran he's bachelor in paradise fodder. He's not bachelor contender. Whereas Andrew, he might get a hometown. Like it's going to come down to Andrew, Greg and Blake. I think it looks like at this point and Andrew's got enough going on that he could be, you know, he could look really desirable as a bachelor. I think that, I think that's a good point. Probably. I'm just, as Trey's walking off and like, I remember there was that little vignette, the beginning where he's got this, this great family, family situation. It's very emotional. They could tap into that real easy, but I, we know that it'll be Trey or Andrew or someone uh, of their ilk. Yes. Now, um, Steve Carbone's reality Steve. I'm sure he's he already knows who the Bachelor is. Of course he does. He has already spoiled the winner of this show that oh, you and I he refused has? to watch. 
Oh, I'm sure. Oh, my and then God. he's already working on Bachelor in Paradise, which is shooting, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'll have him on at the end of the uh, the season to get the to get all these answers here. Um, yeah, we will talk to him uh, wh- before we wrap up. The the last episode you coined a term barebacking, which we named that episode, and that's 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 the, a word for people that ride horses with no saddle. We got an email about that. This is from Chris. In regards to Jason's use of the term, quote, barebacking to describe riding a horse without a saddle, as someone who grew up in West Texas and whose uncle raised quarter horses, I can tell you that the correct term is, quote, raw dogging, end quote. <laughs> so that's regards Chris. That's from Chris. He's corrects your terminology a little bit. I believe. No, you called it. it's. Okay, so this guy, this guy raised horses, Jason. First and foremost, first and foremost, raw dogging, dog horse. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, I get along, little doggy. Not, not Dan. Our guy, not, not Dan Holden, um, on Twitter yeah. already Dan says Tom. that he grew up with horses, and that bareback in is when you ride a horse without a saddle. If you literally right now go to Google and put in type in bareback don't do that don't no no one should do that without a sound no, no, no one no one within the sound of my voice type in that term to a Jeez. google or bing or yahoo search not a good idea okay let's wrap it up there for jason stewart my name is Brian Beckner. This has been the Bachelor Lifestyle from theballerlifestyle.com. We will see you next week. How embarrassing, the most dramatic ever. That's what we like. Play your cards right, you might end up on paradise. Here's the key to the fantasy suite. Balls deep so you can sleep with your third or fourth girl in a week. We're making a connection, we're falling in love. We're chilling in the mansion outside the hot tub. We starting in LA and then we travel the world. We toasting champagne, we got 32 girls. Who gets a hometown and who's the most hated? Who had the best date and who's getting eliminated? We always speculating like you wouldn't believe. But I cheated, logged on to reality, Steve. So it's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle we living in. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle. The lifestyle we living in is the ball of lifestyle we living in. It's the bachelor lifestyle we living in. It's the ball of lifestyle. lifestyle. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty? sizzling to perfection it's time to cheer for egg mcmuffin and fresh cracked eggs at mcdonald's it's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest to goodness morning meal breakfast it's on at mcdonald's now get any breakfast sandwich for just two bucks available only through the app mobile order and pay available at participating mcdonald's mcd app download and registration required At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll.